0: It's time to Make the dough Rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe.
1: It's time for another edition. In fact, our first edition of 2021 of Make the Dough Rise. We're going to get a little bit smarter on today's show with Brian Doe, certified financial planner with an office in Greensboro, Georgia, and always online at livingworth.com. Brian has more than two decades in the financial services industry and has been a practicing certified financial planner since 2013. I figured since it's the first show of the new year, Brian, it's good to do a a full reset of your credentials to begin our first show of the new year. How are you, sir?
0: Great to talk to you. Oh, Doing great. Happy to uh, hopefully be on track for a better year this year. We're going to shape it up today. Did you enjoy the holidays? Happy New Year, all that good stuff? Yeah, holidays were good. The uh, end of the year was great. It was no no complaints on this end. My big concern after twenty twenty and the coronavirus and the lockdown and all that. uh, A guy named named Nick Nanton he said most people have either become a hunk, a chunk, or a drunk during the coronavirus lockdown. And so, and of course, the holidays obviously could propel you to the uh, chunk and the drunk side of things. So. The big development at our house is I've finally gotten one of those Peloton bikes that oh, have yeah. the, you know, the big live feed screen mm-hmm. workouts that it is so great. Convenience. And you hop on and you, you can find the kind of music you like, the length you like, the difficulty you like. And then there's an instructor that's working you through the course. And where, you know, 20, 30 minutes, I can maybe get warmed up doing it myself at the, in the gym. They've got you through a workout and you've done something good and count your calories. If you're competitive, uh, you can track against all the other people who have done that class. So really cool innovations coming out uh, in that space. So if anybody's looking for for physical uh, New Year's resolutions, I would check out Peloton.
1: Peloton looked pretty neat. Um I think Nordtrack has come out with several similar things for their devices. They have a treadmill now that I think that has some of those kinds of classes where you can go on hikes with other people and all sorts of stuff like that using technology. And then those uh I will say the the mirror. Did you see commercials for that one? The mirror?
0: I've seen it, but I I that one looked didn't... pretty
1: creepy. That one looked weird to me. I couldn't I can't see that one.
0: Creepies that one are a good a good word. Yes. Yeah
1: a mirror that just like out of nowhere turns into a video camera where you can be seen by all the other people in the class and your instructor and it's just up in your home all the time and I, eh, just
0: yeah i'll go with a no on that i'll, I'll pass i'll pass <laughs> on that one
1: and and i just don't see myself working out in the living room in front of the mirror it's just like eh, this is a little bit a little bit odd i like the peloton though it's a little bit more like self-contained device that seems like it would work well well you'll have to report to us the physical improvements that you undergo over the next couple of months as you peloton your way to a healthier oh, 2021. I'll
0: be leaping over tall buildings in a single bound.
1: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, glad you enjoyed the holidays. And uh, yes, let's turn the page to 2021. And to help us do that, we've got a special guest on today's show who is also joining you with more than 20 years of experience in the financial services industry, in banking as well uh, as an insurance claims adjuster at times and a paralegal. We have Linda Montgomery, a uh, really the person who makes everything work in churn at the uh, Living Worth Wealth Advisors office. Isn't that right, Brian?
0: You are, I thought I would take this opportunity to uh, meet the team, and you're also going to get to meet the brains of the operation today. So Linda Montgomery's been with me for over two years, and she was uh, at, at bb and Branch Bank, where I, where I banked and knew her there. So I've known Linda for a long time, and she is fantastic with details, and she has handled uh, a lot of the types of things that we're going to talk about today and has seen a lot of first-hand accounts uh, when, when things change hands later in life. And so she's got some, some good insights.
1: Well, Linda, it is great to have you on the show today. And I know that uh, current clients of Living Worth certainly will know you as the client services specialist. But for our podcast listeners who maybe don't currently work with Living Worth or might one day work with the team, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what you do at the office as a client services specialist and how people would expect to interact with you?
2: Well. I'm here every day during the week, and they can pop in, they can call, and whatever they need, we make it happen. Whether I can do it on my own or need some assistance from Brian or Andrea, we just make it happen here.
1: I think we've uncovered the reason for your success over the years. You keep it simple. We do what you need to be done. If you need it, we make it happen. Uh, No need to go any further in depth than that. You're there every step of the way, making sure everybody has what they need to uh, get the job done. So that is fantastic. Well, looking forward to having your uh, storytelling on today's show and your perspective as well and getting to meet you a little bit more on the program. So, Brian, I know that, you know, it's the new year, New Year's resolutions, as usual, at the top of everybody's list of things to think about, talk about, and then break subsequently. Uh, But we're going to try and give some tips and tricks for people today to try and stick with a few resolutions uh, that would be really beneficial. From a financial planning standpoint, uh, you view this start of 2021 as maybe I would say the, the most important year to have some good New Year's resolutions than any year before, just because of you know the crazy year that we're coming out of.
0: Yeah, I think last year shed a lot of light on being prepared, and we saw a lot of unexpected things happen, and obviously with the lockdowns and people not being allowed in hospitals or to go to closings to sign documents. Or to you know, just handle regular, uh, you know, probating of of an estate, for an example. And so I thought this would be a good opportunity to remind people: it's not fun, it's not exciting, it's not, There's nothing sexy about updating your wills, powers of attorney, uh, healthcare directives. All of those things, though, can become critical in, in a situation like like we had last year, where. You know, maybe you had some health directives. We, if, if your spouse or somebody was able to better communicate with somebody in the hospital or at the doctor's office, that couldn't happen. You know, people were were barred from uh, even even coming into the hospital. So it can create a lot of uh, issues and, and problems if you're not prepared. So taking the time to maybe come back and say, "Is my will up to date?" Should we retitle things into a trust? Do we need to f- refresh our powers of attorney or you know, update our healthcare directives given all of the, uh, the things that have happened? So that, that's what we're gonna talk a little bit about today.
1: Well, let's walk through it a little bit, Brian. What's the first thing that you wanna tackle when it comes to kind of consolidating and getting all of our affairs in order at the beginning of the new year so that we have all those ducks in a row?
0: Well, durable power of attorney is the one that we deal with the most here. And that is simply your financial power of attorney. So if you, if you think about healthcare power of attorney, financial power of attorney, these are just assignments that you're making on your behalf. If you're incapacitated, unable to conduct business, uh, you, it's basically the person you're going to delegate that to. Now, there's two good ways to set up power of attorney on your financial accounts. So for example, someone that has a, a Charles Schwab, brokerage account or IRA, they can do a limited power of attorney form very easily. That's, that's a document uh, Linda and I can generate. They can sign, get that back in, and, and you can very quickly have a good enough backup plan. If something very sudden or unexpected happened, this would allow your spouse to have the continuity to transact business, write checks, withdraw money, transfer funds. Uh, without having to go down and actually activate your durable power of attorney with the you know local probate court. So that's one simple way. The better and more robust way to do it is to make sure you actually have durable powers of attorney for financial matters and pick out the person that you're delegating to and assigning to, to transact business. Because th- this is a very powerful and an important position. So you want to make sure that, uh, you know, obviously if it's a surviving spouse or something like that, there's, there's continuity and, and trust and all that thing. But if you're having to delegate to, you know, a child or a, a, another third party, you just want to have spent the time to make sure you make the right decision. And the other thing you need to be mindful of is, does your surviving spouse actually know how to conduct business on your actual accounts. I think, Linda, you've, you've seen some of that.
2: I have, unfortunately. We had a widow come into the bank, and she was absolutely at a loss. Her husband was a CPA, so you could say he was a little control freak over the money. And by doing that, you know, it helped them all the way through until he unexpectedly passed away, and she was left not knowing if they had money, where it was, if he had life insurance. As a matter of fact, she came into the office wanting to borrow money to bury him because she absolutely had no idea how much money they had. And it was unfortunate that, you know, things worked out like that, but she had plenty of money. She just didn't know how to go about figuring out where it was, how much it was, was there life insurance. She had no clue, but over the years we uh, we wrapped it up, and she is doing well now. So, but it it was a little struggle there in the beginning.
0: And Walter, one of the things there too is to be sure that you know not only does your spouse know where the the money is and and have good communication, but now so much is online, bill pay, access to accounts. You may even have uh, electronic bills and those types of things going to a website or server that, that provides the service. And so if you haven't taken the time to you know, teach your spouse and jot down where all the passwords are and what websites to go to, uh, or if you don't have a you know good relationship at, at the bank or with a, a financial advisor or institution, it could be very difficult to get access to those accounts. So not, not only is it important to have named someone the power of attorney, but you should make sure they actually know how to conduct business on your accounts.
1: Lots to keep in front of you and to address, but with the right planning, with the right structure, you can certainly figure those things out and avoid some of those problems that often pop up. And uh, boy, you're in such a good position if you're taking advantage and taking care of those things ahead of time rather than waiting further into the future. So, durable power of attorney, certainly one big element that we need to be thinking about uh, for this kind of beginning of the year checklist, if you will. Some of the things that we need to address and get ready for the new year. If you're making a new year's resolution to get organized, get your stuff together when it comes to your finances and that sort of thing. Uh, What else do we want to add to the list here, Brian, in terms of doing this checkup and making sure we're in good shape?
0: Well, I I think if we're talking, while while we're talking about power of attorney and, and assigning someone to be in charge, The healthcare power of attorney or the advanced directives are especially critical. And again, like I said about last year with with COVID, if you're not able to have a spouse or somebody in the hospital, and I've I've been in situations where uh, it was end of life or, or you know, major illness or something like that with, with the uh, intensive care unit or something like that. Well, if you're there in the hospital, you can talk to the doctors, you can talk to the nurses, you can communicate with them. Well, if you're not allowed into the hospital, then your healthcare directives and healthcare power of attorney should be very clear and communicable to the doctor and the medical staff. And you want to make sure you pick, the you know, the person that can have access to the document when you check in or when you, you know, beforehand they can email or send that to the to the doctor's office. So be careful about who you name as the financial power of attorney, but be equally careful who you name the healthcare power of attorney because that's the person that gets to the you know that has to make the hard decision if there's a plug to be pulled. And as I mentioned before, my wife, she's a tender heart. She's too sweet and too nice to to make a difficult decision about potentially pulling the plug and I do not want to be left on life support. So my father-in-law is the person that I've named for my healthcare power of attorney because I suspect he'd have no problem pulling the plug if, <laughs> if need be. I was going to say that's a bold move on your part. <laughs> yeah, that's right.
1: Uh, that's wise, though, because I bet a lot of people don't, don't kind of do those mental gymnastics and that mental work to get to that and trying to figure those, you know, those, those different lines of thinking that
2: you need to get to there. So now you have me rethinking um, having my eldest son as my health care. <laughs> it's like, no, wait, she looks sick. Pull the plug.
1: <laughs> so good reminders. While you're looking at the durable power of attorney, certainly keep those advanced health care directives in mind as well. All right. What about probate, Brian? What do we need to know entering into 2021 when it comes to that situation and that kind of planning?
0: Well, probate varies by state. And probate's a very scary word, and there's a lot of seminars and things out there. Linda, haven't you seen a lot of people come into the bank all worked up about setting up trusts and and probate?
2: I have. They come in full of paperwork, ready to go, and have no idea what they're doing.
0: And, And a lot of people can get talked into setting up a very complicated estate plan, or you hear something like, well, it's great to avoid probate, but in Georgia very easy state for probate. It's not expensive. It's not difficult. Uh, Whereas if you're in California or Florida, some of those states can be very slow moving and very expensive to get through probate. So probate is not something that you necessarily want to avoid because there's an inheritance or a tax issue. It's more of the the hassle and the cost if you have to incur additional cost to, to get through probate. But um, if you can or you need to avoid it, then probate, I mean, probate is basically just the, the legal process for settling your estate at the uh, state level. And, and there's, there's a probate office at every courthouse, and you, you have, may have to go down and you, know, file some documents, get death certificates and all those types of things. But if you want to maintain privacy, and if you want to make sure you do not have any challenges? To your will, because of you know other spouses or other children, if you had children from multiple marriages, there, there could be all kinds of reasons why that might happen. And in that case, a revocable trust can begin to make a lot of sense. You have the ability to maintain privacy and, and transfer assets outside of probate, and um, it just varies person by person. So it's very hard to make a a blanket recommendation about. Setting up a trust or just using a standard will, but um uh, avoiding probate is again depending on state, it may or may not be as scary as it sounds
2: yeah you know, here in georgia there's especially in our area, there's a lot of people who um the attorneys are all about you know giving you that free dinner so that you can get your trust done, your will done all in one setting over a steak. It's great. <laughs>
0: And that may well be the most expensive free steak dinner that you get because you, know, you can be spending thousands of dollars to set up a, a trust. And, you know, if, if somebody hasn't done the proper evaluation to determine whether or not you need it, it's easy to get swept up in the excitement and make it sound like everybody, everybody needs this. And uh, that's usually just not the case. Usually a good, a good basic will will do the job.
1: I was going to say I felt the uh, sarcasm kind of, uh, you know, dripping off of your steak dinner plate there, Linda.
2: (laughs) Absolutely. There's a ton of attorneys. And that's why I was referencing back to people coming into the bank with handfuls of paperwork that they absolutely have no idea what they had in their hand. But it was great because they discussed it over that steak dinner.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's too funny. And and you kind of get it both ways, right? Like, you have people who think they need this latest and greatest estate plan structure. And then you have others who like, take a trust as an example, Brian, they, they feel like, oh, I, I don't need a trust. That's not for me. That's not for somebody in my situation. And then, and they make that assumption about a lot of uh, estate planning matters. So you kind of do get both sides of the equation, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's some people that are oblivious. And as many times as I tell them, go get your wills done, go get your powers of attorney, go get your advanced directives, review your beneficiary designations, review the titling on your accounts. We can do some of that if their accounts are ones that we manage. But the problem is, is there's usually lots of other accounts or if they haven't taken the time to actually get their wills done, it is incredibly easy to procrastinate. And if someone has done it, they may have done it 20 years ago, and a lot of things have changed with their personal situation with the rules with uh, benef- with IRA distribution rules. all of these things intersect at some point, so it's really good to go back and and, and do a, a lap around not just your documents and, and we've we've really given a light mentioning to wills here, but the basic will is your directives and your instructions for how, how your money's supposed to be distributed. But at the end of the day, there are a lot of things like beneficiary designations. and if you've titled your accounts, joint tenants with right of survivor, joint tenants in common, individually titled accounts. IRAs are individually titled, so those are driven by beneficiary designation, insurance policies you may have, those are driven by uh, beneficiary designation. And maybe you set up a trust for the kids or a special needs child or a spendthrift situation. If you've not named that trust as the beneficiary, then it's going to go to either your estate or the person you initially named. And fortunately, uh, I've not had to deal with a lot of divorce situations, but I, I have heard stories where people got divorced and the ex wife or husband got the life insurance benefits. And um, there's no recourse to the survivors.
1: It's devastating when that happens, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. We saw that, um, unfortunately, at the bank where a gentleman had been married twice and his first wife was still beneficiary on the account. And that made for a fun day. Walt, I'm not kidding.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's a little bit of conflict all of a sudden starts to pop up with something like that, right?
0: Indeed, indeed. So...
1: Here's something that I struggle with, Brian, and that's trying to keep all. Of, and this is actually on my list of things to do for 2021. I'm in, wondering if you would include this on your list as well. Perhaps folks who are closer to retirement are better organized than I am. But you know, I do a lot of managing of the finances in the household. Uh, you know, keeping up with paying bills and the accounts and planning for our future and all those kinds of things. And other than kind of just telling my wife to, like, eh, just hack into my computer and start looking at the websites I visit to (laughs) figure out where, you know, you need to go to, you know, gather dollars and things like that or just keep an eye on the mail for things coming through if I were to pass away, I don't have a fantastic way of kind of telling her where everything is. And part of my problem is I don't want to just write it all down on a piece of paper and have it sitting right here on my desk for, you know, if there was ever a robbery or something like that for somebody to come through. So what about keeping up with uh, passwords and documents and things like that in a safe, secure way, you hear so much about people getting hacked these days, both virtually and you know the old fashioned way of robberies and that kind of thing it, it can be kind of a scary road to navigate, keeping all those things safe but also wanting to be organized
0: yeah so we've got a lot of've uh, had a lot of issues with uh obviously passwords everybody's got a page full of passwords anymore. And if you don't know the, the websites, the passwords, and sometimes there can be a second layer of security with security questions. So I don't think you can be too careful about really finding, I mean, you need to find a secure place to record these passwords. And there's some higher tech solutions to that with these password vaults that encrypt your passwords. And, and, and that gives you just one tool that you need to, to, to log in. Uh, so that's one possibility the other possibility would just be write everything down and make sure you've got a secure place to put that or we've had a few people who have signed up for some of the monitoring services uh is it life alert or life lock i think so life
1: alerts the the button you press when you button fall The you down. push <laughs> right right yeah
0: <laughs>
2: You know what scares me is he looked at me when he said "Life Alert." <laughs> oh,
1: Brian, you're in the doghouse, my friend.
2: I just
0: thought she might, you know, give me an assist there on on getting it correct. <laughs> oh, that's, but yeah, yeah. Life LifeLock is one that monitors uh, financial transactions, and so you know, if if you can put some of these things in place that would give you a trigger or an announcement, I can't tell you how many people I have seen get suckered by fraud these internet scammers, uh, and l- someone in my family called me up and said, hey, we're on the phone with this guy. He says, you know, there's f- something wrong with the computer, and they were supposed to send us $40, but, but they actually sent us $400 by mistake, and now we're, we, we're, I'm supposed to go down to the drugstore and buy gift cards and send them all. I was like, ho, 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 stop, stop. Hang up the phone, one. And two, don't ever answer or or take or entertain calls like that again. The, the, those companies will not call you. And I've I heard a story last week uh, also regarding wire transfers. If somebody is requesting a wire or a transfer, you really want to make sure somebody handling the account knows the activity, the behavior patterns, and the you know, intentions of the person because emails can get hacked into. Passwords can be reset from email. And all of a sudden, I I had a $50,000 wire transfer request. Uh, Again, this was a, he was a surgeon. He had, he had, he was always doing some crazy stuff once in a while, but uh, it didn't seem totally out of character that he would want $50,000 sent to a bank out in California. But you can bet I picked up the phone and called he said, oh, no, no, everything's gotten hacked into, and, and we, we shut that down. But I've seen situations where they've faked it so well, and they'll say things like, well, don't tell anybody. This is a personal matter. Don't, you know, Please don't spread this to anybody. And some people got fooled into sending about $100,000 worth of wire transfers before they actually stopped to, to contact the client. And it was, you know, once that money is gone from a wire, it's it's pretty well gone.
1: Wow. I had a, a grandfather um, just recently, Last, not this recent Christmas, but the previous one, who happened to be getting some suspicious emails right around the time we were visiting. So I sat down with him, and we looked at his, the emails he was getting. And even I, who feels like I could normally spot that kind of fraud stuff pretty easily, was like, wow, okay, this is a little bit more sophisticated. And other than a few little clues... Which if you were responding to multiple emails, like, you know, some days you're just rapid firing lots of emails back and forth, you could miss it. You could miss some of those little clues that came through very easily. I could see that. Uh, but because he got, he got just enough clued into it to like, this is odd. He, he's talking different than normal, this person that he normally communicates with. And they were trying to pay for their rental house that they, you know, they're snowbirds, and they were trying to pay for a rental house. And usually they've paid with a wire transfer in the past, so nothing about that seemed suspicious. But where to send the transaction all of a sudden kind of changed. The next email was like, actually send it over here, and you know. Then a couple of other little things tipped him off to me, like I don't, this is weird. And so we were able to sit down and be like, yeah, I think this guy has been hacked, and he's trying to get you to send him the money instead of you sending it to the actual owner of the property, and and there's definitely something fishy here. So you need to get on the phone with the property owner and work this out. But this email, email has been compromised. Don't continue here. And that was, I mean, he was very nervous, very scared because he's like, okay, did they get me? The attention immediately goes, so not, and did they get my, like, not just did they get me if I were to send this money, but did they get my passwords and my fidelity account and, you know, Mm -hmm. and all of those kinds of things became a major concern. And gosh, that's just so unfortunate when we have um, a population that is so trusting and so good, and there's folks out there trying to take advantage of them like this it it just really makes my blood boil i I hate seeing stuff like that and it it hit personal last year
0: yeah and it's crazy how good they get at if they get into your email and you know, read some emails they get on your social media and you've you've posted trips and friends and kids and birthdays, and you can construct uh you know just without a ton of effort, a pretty good idea of what their routine is and when they might be, you know, doing things or celebrating a birthday or taking a trip or going, you know, where where you go and what you do. It's too easy to find so much of that stuff out these days. I would say too, with social media accounts, I've seen a lot of them, you know, live on and and you need to make sure somebody knows how to go in and, uh, you know, shut down or, uh, deactivate or make uh, memorial accounts out of these social media accounts, but they they can use all the information on those to act like the person or someone they know, and it's diabolical how good some of these scammers have gotten at it. If you do ever
1: want to be, uh, you know, get some satisfaction out of watching these scammers get messed with, YouTube has plenty of videos where scammers have been uh, there's one in particular where it's a a scheme that they run where they try to hack into your account and um, uh, by making it seem like they're fixing a computer problem that you've contacted them about. And there's some great YouTube videos of the guy pretending to be, you know, being duped by these people, and he just keeps them on a string. And the whole time he's actually hacking them and deleting all of their files. And then the scammer figures it out what's going on, but it's too late. I've, all their I've files seen some of those. Yes, yeah. it's, it's those are great. <laughs> It's fantastic. It makes you feel a little bit better to see that others are fighting back against those scammers and that kind of thing. Linda, I'm sure that you have seen uh, this happen before with your experience at the bank. Obviously, with banking security becomes extremely important. Uh, what solutions have you seen work for people over the years? Absolutely,
2: we always suggested, um, especially you know, to people my age, that you get a safe deposit box, put your wills, your uh, health directives. Anything, your passwords, anything that you have that's important, put it in the safe deposit box. If you do not want a safe deposit box at a bank, uh, then have a safe in your home. The most important thing is, though, as Brian said, uh, whoever you decide your power of attorney is or the one that's going to be in charge of you um, after you've passed or when you've become incompetent, is you let them know. Let them know where it is, what bank it is, where's the key to it, everything like that. Let them know the combination of your safe if it's at home. It's always good to have a backup. Uh, Technology's wonderful, but I'm okay with a paper backup as well.
1: Yeah, as much as we love technology, sometimes you can't beat the old-fashioned way, that is for sure. So some good tips and things to be aware of. When it comes to safety and fraud and trying to figure all of those things out, and you mentioned Brian, the social media aspect to that too, and sort of memorializing those accounts—that's kind of a—that's a—that's the newer wave of doing things, right?
0: A good friend of mine and, and a college roommate—he actually passed away from a heart. He had hit a, he was born with a heart defect, and and so uh, mid fifties uh, passed away. But it still you know, nobody has gone on and deactivated. So I still see his active. Instagram account and Facebook account and, and things like that. So it's, I mean, it, I, I don't mind the reminder and seeing my, you know, friends or, or loved ones, but you may not want that lingering out there. Uh, you may want want to get that shut down. So make sure people know where all you've got accounts that do need to be handled and addressed. Or or if you just want them to live in perpetuity, then, you know, maybe, maybe do up your final post and leave that with somebody that can Put a little post on your on your screen there.
1: Yeah, a digital eulogy in a way. That's an interesting to, uh, way to think about it. So what are some final thoughts here, Brian? We have the, all these different moving parts. Obviously, we covered a lot of ground from social media all the way back to durable powers of attorney and kind of everything in between. But what are our final takeaways and some solutions that we can – because that's the big thing. We can all have these big New Year's resolutions, say we're going to do something, but when we can actually put a strategy and uh, a solution forward – uh, we actually run a higher chance of accomplishing those things.
2: Well, what you were talking about, you know, in 2021, your big goal is to get your financials in order or your life in order, as I like to call it. So we're going to call it a life notebook. And what we did when before my mom passed is we actually sat down with her. We went over everything that she had in her life, her credit cards, her bank statements, her bills that needed to be paid which we wound up putting online because that's the easiest for someone to pick up on after something happens to you and of course uh, your life insurance so we have a checklist like a pre probate checklist that is wonderful to go by it has everything that you need and things that you never thought about but it is a lot of good information it lets people know what to do in the event uh, something happens to you. It gives them all your information. And I would highly suggest someone do what we're going to call a life notebook and do the pre probate checklist. I think it would be wonderful. And don't forget to update your wheels.
0: So, Walter, we've got a 14 page pre probate checklist that is exhaustive. It literally has everything uh, as a log, a prompt to to think about different issues and. I don't ever want to say totally comprehensive because everybody's situation may vary, but if you would like a copy of this 14 uh, page checklist so that you can make sure you've got, if you just want to go through a, a quick glance through the paces to see if you've got things in order, or this might shed a light on the things that you know you need to do or didn't know you needed to do or know you needed to do, but just found it easier to procrastinate. Uh, but that'll, that'll be available as a download uh, for this podcast.
1: Oh, very good. We will put the link directly to that in the podcast, or you can go to livingworth.com. That's livingworth.com. I think I'll be going there to uh, grab a copy myself so that I can make sure that I'm following I th- through on my th- New resolution. We'll-
0: I think we'll use you as a test case, and you, yeah, you can we'll do, do a the uh, checklist here and give us a, some feedback on how good it is.
1: That'll be great. Yeah, let's do that before uh, before the next episode comes around, um, and, and that'll hold me. To, that gives me a deadline, too. That's important. Give myself a deadline to uh, start pulling those things together and get it in shape, and I can let people know what it's like to go through that. I think that would be fantastic. So, again, you can get that by going to livingworth.com or check the show notes section of your podcasting app that you're listening to today's show on, and you'll find a link to access the document and the uh, helpful guide there. So if you want to check that out, again, that's livingworth.com or look for the link in the description of today's show. Well, Brian, Linda, thank you both for being on the show today. This was great getting to meet you and getting to know you a little bit more. Linda, thanks for sharing your perspective and stories Thanks with for us. having me. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. And uh, Brian, as always, uh, thank you and get back on that Peloton bike. No slacking, okay? Are you going for chunk status? No, no, no.
0: Uh, (laughs) Chunk chunk status has been achieved, uh, right? Okay, yeah. So we'll be... Hunk status. Hunk status. I'll I'll be going for the hunk status, and um, every year, Walter, I I stand in front of the, the mirror, in front of my relatives, and I let my belly hang out, and I'm like, December 31st? And then I suck in my gut and stuck out my chest, and I say, January 31st. <laughs> and I've been, I've been doing that for like 10 years now. So, Very nice.
1: Well, we'll get a check-in with you on January 31st and see how much it matched up to the uh, to the prediction.
0: I'll be burning some calories. There you go.
1: Well, also awesome. Thank you both once again, and thank you for listening to today's show. For Brian and Linda, I'm Walter. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Make the Dough Rise.
2: Make the Dough Rise is brought to you by Living Worth Wealth Advisors with a central office in Greensboro, Georgia, but serving the Lake Country and beyond. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Just search for Make the Dough Rise with Brian Doe. You can also visit makethedowrise.com to listen to recent episodes. If you'd like to contact the show or schedule a complimentary financial review with Brian and the team. Just go to MakeTheDoughRise.com and get in touch through the website or call 706-451-9800. Thanks for listening to Make the Dough Rise.
1: Investment advisory service is offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.